Hello, and welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast, with heavy leanings toward our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Man, there was a bear bear, all black and brown and covered in hair. Okay, so, wow, big night coming off of Game of Thrones, um, Season 5, Episode 2, woo, who's excited to be here? Yay! Yay! I am. (laughs) I'm pretty excited, man. Um, So, panel tonight, I've got a couple of my usual suspects. Um, We've got Kama. Hi, this is Kama, and you can find me at Grammar Saves Lives on Tumblr. And Eon. Hey, this is Eon, and you can find me... Addy on Blue Negative on Tumblr. And we've got a returning guest, Dramas. Hi, this is Dramas, and I am I Heart Dramas, all in one word, on Tumblr. She nailed it this time, man. Good job. Mm-hmm. Yay! <laughs> and we have a new guest this week, uh, Shara. Hi, I'm Ashara, and you can find me at Ashara Starfall on Tumblr. Awesome. So, oh, I'm Chicky Chickren on Tumblr. I always forget to introduce myself, which must be really confusing for people, but yeah, I did it this week. She's not Lot. (laughs) Not Lot, in case you didn't notice. I'm not Lot. Lot will be back next week. Lot is too busy living the high life. um, I know. Running into freaking Christian Nairn in Toronto. I don't know if anyone heard. Yes. Major Hodor for Lot. So this week is, as always, spoilers for the show, spoilers for the books, and of course we've heard some of the leaked spoilers that have been coming out, like we talked about in our preview episode and in last episode, so, you know, watch out, I guess, for spoilers if you're worried about it. And I think we probably should do our standard rape trigger warning, we just never know when those topics are going to come up with Game of Thrones, so it's probably a good idea to just throw it out there. Yeah, it's a good... A good thing to start with. So, this episode. Oh, my God. Oh, so I have to say, because I missed last week. I know that Com and Eon got to do this last week. Can I just say, and, like, you guys know what a critic I am of this show. <laughs> like, <laughs> a big one. I am fucking blown away by season five. I am not kidding. I am completely flabbergasted by how fucking good this show is this year. Yeah. I'm really happy with it this season. Yeah, it's crazy. Are, am, I, am I? You guys are having the same reaction that I did. I didn't expect to like it this much, guys. I'll just flat out say that. There's been scenes where I'm just getting goosebumps, and it's like it's making my nipples hard. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should pause while our loyal listeners all like fall off their chairs because we're <laughs> I mean, like, I this is not. Lest you think I'm doing this as a put on, like I am shocked. I'm, I, I just all I'm doing is saying I can't believe how fucking good this show is. I mean, everything's like on such an epic scale, and it's so funny. We run right smack into it with this episode. I mean, I thought the first episode was great, and then, bam, this episode we're hitting Arya, hitting Bravos, and like everything about it is like epic scale. I can't oh, believe gosh. it. Yeah, the time of Bravos is gorgeous. I mean, oh, yeah. <sighs> We got to see that last time, uh, last season, when Stannis and Davos went there for their bank loan. But yeah, I thought the the way they depicted the activity along the canals and all oh, the yeah. bustle, it was so yeah. well done. I thought 
just the scene of Bravos. I mean, it looks like it just came right off of the page. Uh, and yeah. the costumes that what the Bravo the Bravosis are wearing and everything, it looks yeah. very faithful to the books. I was impressed. Well, and the scenes all feel so full. I don't know. I don't know like another way to describe it. It just it's it's like watching like a a movie. I mean, like it's that level of like size and grandeur and like some of these sweeping shots yeah we got the the titan of bravos last year with stannis but it's like they're cutting to like the dome and the house of black and white everything is huge and cool and just epic i don't know another way to put it but epic it's pretty amazing okay so of course we have Arya who had her like you know ah moment leaving westeros last season and she is being taken to the house of black and white by the captain from the ship she gets to the house of black and white and um we know this guy is the kindly man from the books. I don't know. I don't even know what they're calling him on the show. Does anyone know? Not Jack. He's no one. Spoilers. He's no one. <laughs> yeah, no one. But she gets turned away at the door by whoever. I'm going to call him the kindly yeah. man. And then she just kind of like sits around in front of the house in black and white. And it's so funny. I thought they were really yeah. hitting with her list. It felt like they were hitting Marin Trant really hard. Did you guys know this? Yes. Well, they, her oh, list is only three names. Did you notice they yeah. took off Melisandre? Yeah. I, the one, I, I had a small quibble in that. Does she even know that Joffrey's dead? I'm not sure. But um, she only oh, had three boy. names. She had Cersei, the Hound, and, or I'm sorry, the Mountain, and um, Baron Trant. No, and Walter Frey. Yeah, and I love that she added Walter Frey to this, because you know who remembers the R- Riverland storyline? Arya does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, she does. <laughs> Yeah, I I kind of loved it. So we get we get the scene of well, it's a few shots. It's like she's there overnight. She sits there in the rain, and then she gets up in the morning and she throws away this coin that she's been packing around for so long. It's like, you know, she gives it a night to like think about like, okay, well, I thought I was going to come here and become this cool assassin, and then she just pretty much is like, okay, well, on to the next thing. Yeah. <laughs> right mm-hmm. Are they on an island or is it off on a shore? Because this. The initial shot with them rowing up to it, I went, oh, it's the House of Black and White is on an island. And then I was totally thrown when she got up and walked away because I'm like, I hope you have a boat, honey. But <laughs> now I'm thinking it was an island. I wasn't even paying um, attention. Or, uh, I'm I sorry, a shore? I don't know. Maybe well, she swam. There we go. <laughs> Maybe she swam. That's it. Maybe she swam. She just, she's got her doggy paddle on. Gendry picked her up. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we all know he's got a boat. Okay, so <laughs> we move from Arya to, of course, Brienne and Podrick, um, and they arrive at this inn. And uh-huh. of course, the minute that they sit down, Podrick mm-hmm. spots Sansa with Littlefinger. Um, I was a little surprised at how fast this happened. Were you guys? I mean, yeah. we kind of knew this this yeah. run-in was going to happen, but I was like, wow. Yeah. And, of course, Brienne being Brienne, I love how she just kind of just gets up and stomps over there. I mean, like, she's like, get some horses ready. <laughs> it's like, so know, Brienne she, just goes straight I just at felt it. so bad. She was so excited. She was so excited. <laughs> she, was, she was. She was like, I made a vow and I'm going to accomplish it. And Yeah. Yeah, and she just stomped so over there. I did love, though, that they had Littlefinger, like, I was a little worried that they wouldn't address the fact that Littlefinger and Brienne had met. So I'm really happy that they had him talk about mm-hmm. meeting her with Renly. And then it was interesting how they just expanded from there into just like a, a full on Renly. How did he die? What happened? All of that mm-hmm. exposition. That was Back a little that bit. exposition yeah. in there. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was, it was a nice scene because I liked um, 
it was one of the better demonstrations of how Littlefinger is a quick thinking kind of guy and how Bran just is not equipped to, to like go up against that. Yeah. Um, I was kind of like, why aren't you mentioning Arya? But then I'm like, I don't know yeah. how you frame that information. I mean, yeah. Well, it's and, just Brienne doesn't trust Littlefinger, so why would she mention Arya? I mean, like, you know. Yeah, I mean, maybe if she got in Sansa by herself, she would have. I'm not sure. I The only, I have two quibbles in this scene. Um, one is that I continue to hate Sansa's homemade necklace. It reminds me of, um, I couldn't remember what it reminded me of until I was talking with uh, One Hot Summer, and she said, it reminds her of those things we used to wear in, like, the 80s and the 90s to, like, cinch our belts tighter. Oh, my God. That's oh, true. Yeah. yeah isn't it? My mom had those. Yeah, the yeah. t-shirt things that you put on, on your yes. t-shirt. Yeah. Um, sorry, oh, dating myself true. there a little. Um, and the <laughs> other thing that, that like, it, it's the little things that, you know, tick me off is, like, Sansa, like, object doesn't want to go with Brienne, which there are thousands of reasons why she would not want to do that yeah and her reason is she saw brienne bowing to the king oh yeah yeah and like a lot of people have to bow to the king you bowed to the king i mean they yeah. could have just had her saying you know she saw how chummy she was with jamie lannister and right or or like you know that would have worked for me even and, just even just saying you failed to protect my mom, what makes you think right. that you can protect me? That's mm -hmm. a very good reason. Very yeah. valid, because we know Sansa loved her mom. Yep. And this lady's vowed to protect her, and she ended up getting killed right. in a very Brienne horrendous does, way. Yeah, Brienne doesn't have a very great track record right now, so no. I can ex <laughs> understand her weariness right now. Well, I kind of read it, too, as, as Sansa... Um, almost picking up on the way that Littlefinger was running it and she's going to do what he, you know, she's clearly into yeah. appeasing him as much as she'll kind of tease him privately and stuff. It's, it's pretty clear that in public, she's going along with him to keep up that facade. And I think there may have been an element of that, but I mean, yeah, why would she trust Brienne? I mean, she doesn't know anything about Brienne, but that she was hanging out with Jamie and the Lannisters and, and you know, can't blame mm -hmm. her. for that. Oh, I had one, oh. one third quibble and it started at the beginning of the scene. Sorry. I always have quibbles. <laughs> I do. I can't help it. It's like Peter's like well, growing it. into a very observant young lady. And I'm like, dipshit. She's always been observant. It's just she's got more information now. Mm -hmm. And she's in a place where she's not constantly under threat of losing her head. And ugh, he's such a twitch. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. And then Littlefinger like mentions a marriage prospect for her. Oh, Who do you think that might be? Yeah. 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 No, I think dun, dun, I think God, the spoilers we that? heard were true. I I have unfortunately <laughs> a yes. Blech. Vomit. Uh, rose shipping is coming. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> okay, so from here of course things completely fall apart and Brienne has to like fight her way out of this inn. Um it was kind of funny. I felt like this action was a little stilted, the way that she, like, went out and, like, hit the, the post. It was really the only thing in the scene that I was like, oh, man, this is a little out of it. Well, but It's so much better yeah. than what we were speculating she was doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. So she releases all the horses, and off they go, and it, and they're being chased by the veil knights. I know. They're escapade. Yeah. I mean, like, it's a pretty cool action scene, though, actually. I, I was pretty impressed that they put all this together for just one episode, and... 
of course, I'm always, I don't know, it's so funny. I'm always surprised at how much attention they give Brienne, and I'm always thrilled when she gets these big scenes like this, I mm-hmm. guess. So I was just True. like, ah. I um, absolutely loved it. I loved it. It was so good. Yeah, it was awesome. And then the way that Brienne, of course, fools the guys who are following her, but she split off from Pod, and Pod, of course, yeah, falls off Pod. his course. Yeah, and I love that they threw in him throwing a rock at somebody, even if it didn't work out as well as the books. I thought yeah. that was kind of a nice nod to book readers. And, I mean, that scene where Pod was standing between the horses, it's funny, when I was watching in the trailers, I was like, how's this going to work? Is this going to look very good? But I thought it was actually pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Poor Lot. It's not Hyle, though. No. <laughs> She's really not hope. But yeah. he looks like him, though. He looks, he, the guy looked a lot like like the guy from Merlin. The one that oh, I always gets... yeah. Oh, I can never remember his fucking name. Somebody has to tell me. But, yeah, no, I that's so my Hyle. Um, yeah, no, it definitely... I, I love, too, at the end, that it, you know, you just have Brienne being dogged, and she's, like, decided, no, I'm going to follow Sansa. I'm going to follow wherever she goes, and that's okay. so Brienne to me. So, of course, we cut from this to Cersei and Jamie. <laughs> Naturally. Oh. Jamie Lannister and the Necklace of Doom, coming soon oh, to a near, near you. It's, like, so funny. I'm so into this season. If I could just lift out Jamie's characterization, I would be completely happy. Um, this is the toughest part. Okay, so Jamie walks in, Cersei's called him into what looks like just the the hands chambers to me. To you guys? I I don't know. I think so. Yeah, I think so too, which is puzzling. I don't know why she's, yeah. I don't know if it's the tie to Tywin and Tywin's power. I'm not sure what it is. so funny since she's so ready to burn the Tower of the Hand to the ground in the books. It's funny to see it yeah. in the show. But um, so we find the, the, the snake holding Marcella's necklace inside this box. Or Jamie finds it when he opens it up. But, okay, I find this interesting. Um, clearly Cersei has already opened this box, but then she closes it all up again, this elaborate <laughs> box. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that Jamie can open it again? Does that seem odd to anyone else? It yeah, seems not I really. wondered about that. I thought at first, oh, you know, she, you know, because if I'd gotten a box from the Martells, I probably wouldn't want to open it either if I were her. Oh, this is why she she's left it for him to come and if, you know. But no, she's seen it before, so I'm not sure. Well, it, it's yeah. not that petty. Yeah, it could be. You know, like, I'm, it's like, I I hesitate to do this with the show. I almost want to speculate. Is there some possibility that Cersei planted this box? It could be. I mean, like, I got so burnt with Talisa, with the, the, (laughs) Talisa possibly being a Lannister spy, that I hate to give the show any credit. But I mean, like, clearly you're supposed to think it's Ilaria, because we're, you know... Yeah, mm-hmm. gonna hit Dorne pretty soon after this, but I don't know. The whole thing about it is a little weird to me. I was like, "What? This is an odd." Well, she's—I mean, she's very much being totally illogical here. Although the way they've written her, it's a little in the past. I—I I, I just assumed everything out of her mouth was just her being, you know, like the bit about yelling at him because he's never, you know, he doesn't want to acknowledge their children. I mean, it's all insane, but that kind of yeah. is. Feast for Crow Cersei. So, yeah, I think it's possible. She wants her daughter back. She wants him out of the way. I mean, late, I, can I skip ahead and just tie in with something that comes up? Yeah, go ahead. I mean, later on, um, it, Kevin is the one who kind of conjectures that she sent Jamie away to get him out of the picture. I yeah, think that's does. an entirely valid supposition. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. And, and she does... 
I mean, it certainly looks like she's uh, trying to cement her power now as queen regent, as she's trying to call herself. (laughs) Well, I mean, we did have the scene last episode where he was definitely, like, trying to guide her or steer her in certain directions. And it's like, is this the response to that, that she comes up with a a way to basically get him out of town? Yeah, I don't know. she, She does want her daughter back. She yeah, never wanted her to go down there, and I don't know what she, what kind of marriage, if she's anticipating a marriage, but she very much wants her, her kid back. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. So we have Jamie vowing to go get Marcella, um, which, I mean, in some ways does fit with Jamie. In other ways, it's like, this is, is this the best possible thing you could be doing right now? I mean, it's like Cersei points it out. She's like, you're a one-handed guy. <laughs> how are you going to slip in alone and not start a war and get her out? And it's just like, how is that going to work? But Yeah, but does know. she know him well enough to know that, you know, he's not going to, he doesn't, you know, to think this is the way to get him to go for sure? Maybe that's it. Maybe goading him is the way. To, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, like, I, I'm, I'm like so hesitant to give them the credit that maybe they're setting this up and having it actually Cersei who cooked up this whole box thing and created this whole threat. But we'll, I guess we'll just have to see how it shakes out. So Jamie thinks it's real. In my role as positive, I'm being so positive about the show. I know things are just snowballs are, are forming in hell (laughs) right now. I am going to say that, yes, this is how she's, she's totally manipulating him. That is, you know, she, crafted the thing or had it crafted yep that's what i'm going with yeah i mean it makes sense and especially the way she's 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 calling the children their children your son was murdered last year your daughter is in dorn and it's like jamie's just like well i need to fix this i'm gonna go to dorn and get her you know yeah i think it's she's playing him because she wants him out of the way because she's got her plans and I don't know. It could be straightforward. It could be just exactly what it looks like. They could have just gotten this package from Doran and I may be reading too. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll see. We'll see. Well, I I think she's just using it as an excuse to do that. Like, maybe it's like, you know, she gets the box and it's like, yes, this is the perfect opportunity. The opportunity. And since she's already guilt tripped him in episode one about having caused all of these troubles that they're going to be coming up against after Tywin's death. That she's just like, she just takes that opportunity to get him to get Marcella and to get him out of there for a while at least. Yeah, it could mm. be. I, yeah, I definitely have the feeling she is completely happy to let him go because she doesn't fight at all to keep him there. I, I think like in future episodes, we should probably see if like they do have a close up of Marcella just to keep an eye out to see if she's wearing that pendant. Oh, you know, oh, good true. Idea. Yeah. yeah good oh, that's interesting. Okay, so from here, Jamie goes to pick up Ron. And I kind of love how they set this up. I mean, like, I love, yeah, I love everything about this. Lawless! Ron, <laughs> Ron is wandering the beach with Lawless. Lawless, who is definitely not a book Lawless, that should probably be said. Um, she, she's, she's definitely, you know, seems like, seems, seems like she doesn't have any special needs or anything. Maybe just, you know, that she's a little bit... Uh, I don't ditzy? know. Downtrodden. Yeah, maybe yeah. Ditzy. Mm-hmm. I um, loved her. Yeah, yes. she was great. She was awesome. I know oh, she I was mooning on Tumblr. People were nervous <laughs> about the casting, but she was 
<laughs> she can't stand what was it she can't stand flutes but harps are okay are you okay with harps <laughs> and the pies the pigeon, pies. pigeon pies yeah <laughs> good callback to the purple wedding um i loved it too like they they really like showed that like braun was settling into this like quiet sedate life that he totally does not belong in like he's trying to skip rocks and stuff <laughs> it's just like braun doesn't fit here at all yeah <laughs> well he's He's okay with it until he finds out that yeah. Lawless is not getting the Stokeworth Castle, though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but, but then, but that, but then he he. You can already tell that he's already planning how he is going to oh, get yes. the Stokeworth. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Karmic view of the universe, which is so not Bron. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, so then of course down the beach they spot the <laughs> Jamie, Jamie fucking, fucking Lannister, <laughs> just a great line. <laughs> And I love how Jamie like kisses Lawless's hand and, and lets Bron send her away and like then... wilts. Yeah. She's she's so sad that she's getting sent away. Yeah, well, I mean, if Jamie was kissing your hand, you probably would be too, but <laughs> probably, yes, I would be disappointed. Yeah, I love it how he pulls out this note. So basically Braun is getting the shaft. He's not gonna get this this young rich bride that he thought he was going to get she's being married to someone else he he finds out this note that jamie hands him so i mean like i kind of hate that this is jamie who does this i mean like you get the feeling that jamie arranged for this whole thing to fall apart for yeah well and is it necessary because it you know it could have been like dude marry her right now and or you know you can marry her when you get back i mean i don't know yeah, it was just kind of—it's yeah. just kind of a dickish thing to have Jamie do, and kind of for no reason. Yeah, I don't know. Is what it the... is it even possible for Jamie to make arrangements for this since he's just Kings of Kingsguard? Yeah, I mean he's the Lord Commander of the Kingsguard, and he's a Lannister. I mean, I suppose he could have Cersei do mostly whatever he wanted as long as it didn't affect Cersei. Yeah. I loved it when he when when Bronn is like, "I had to deal with your sister," and Jamie's like, "I would have advised against that." <laughs> so funny. <laughs> So anyway, Jamie, Jamie's like, come with me to somewhere south. I love how he's cryptic for some reason. That makes no sense. But <laughs> uh, poor Bron, He's getting roped into another one. Um, so then from there, we cut to Dorne. And first of all, I got to say, is anything more gorgeous than the Alcazar where they shot this? These scenes are just like breathtakingly beautiful to me. I love how like old everything feels how like ancient mm-hmm. it is everything about it's perfect and the costuming is just on point to me i mean like we've been seeing things in trailers and stuff but it's like seeing it in the scene like i just love everything about it like they even start with like alaria like she's wearing like this snake like it's kind of like a mm-hmm. ring and a necklace or a sorry and a bracelet or something i don't know it was yeah. spectacular the textiles yes. are amazing yeah i yeah. It, i love them so much me too me too i'm all about this aesthetic and she's cut her hair too yeah which is usually it's like a it can be a sign sign of of grief yes yeah totally and i love how she's wearing black and doran isn't which is interesting um so she goes i love this i love this initial run-in between her and ario hota too because it like shows that they may have already had an antagonistic relationship Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm And then she gets to, to Doran, and it's like she just starts in on him. And it's like, we should just say off the bat, this is clearly not book Alaria. Like, it's. No, like, no, this no. is just. Okay, I'm sorry. This was so. This is so disappointing to me. Because in the books, she is so wonderful and, and like, 
anti-vengeance and she does this she's you know she's trying to keep the peace because she doesn't want more people to die and i just love that about her because so many of the other dornish characters are so bloodthirsty yeah but she's not and they changed her this is not ilaria this is not yeah, there are definitely elements of Ariane in, in Ilaria. I mean, I feel like she's gone even further than Ariane, though. I mean, oh, yeah, this no. is okay. like, yeah. even Ariane didn't want to go start chopping off Marcella's fingers or anything. Yeah. I mean, this is uh, like really... Like, oh, and turning them back in a box. Yeah, I yeah. I think this is what happened. They cast Indira Varma, who is amazing. And I think they wanted to work with her. And she's in her 40s, early 40s, but 40s. And I think the minute they did that, they were like, you know, they wanted to keep her around, and I think they didn't want to go to the trouble of having to to cast Arianne to get into the political mess that it is. And I think, even though I personally love this aspect of Dorne, um, that the women, you know, it's the eldest, regardless of gender, that inherit. Um, so I think that's what happened. So there, it's it's meant that they've simplified. They've smushed those characters together, and they've sim- you know, sort of smushed simplified them. Smushed is a scientific them. term. Smushed. Yes. <laughs> yeah, um, they kind of smushed them together and came out with something completely different. I, I, I feel like she's apart from Ariane and apart from Ilaria. She's just kind of her own own thing. thing. Yeah. I'm really happy with the casting of Doran. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I loved him oh, on God. Deep Space Nine so much, and he's such a good actor. And um, I'm anxious to see where they take him with this. Well, and I love how he played this scene. It's, it's, I'm a pretty big fan of, of Book Doran, and I know that that's not a popular stance, but I actually really like his character, and I really like the way that he's portrayed. I especially am fond of the way that, that George used Ariel Hota's POV to reveal kind of Doran to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and I am a big fan of Doran, and I didn't, you know, I, I as much as I like Alexander Siddick, I was like, I don't know how this is going to work, but actually it's perfect. He's perfect. He's amazing. He's everything that I ever wanted, actually. So, basically, Ilaria wants vengeance for Oberyn, is basically what we're hearing, and Doran's like, no, I'm not going to chop Marcella up into little pieces and send her back to Cersei for you. Um, and basically, Ilaria goes away in a range. Things that I found interesting that Ilaria said, though, is that when she said that the Sand Snakes are with me and the and the people are with the Sand Snakes or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a little bit... Like, she was implying almost that he could be overthrown, which I thought was a bit odd. So yeah. maybe that's how they're going to bring in the politicized element. I'm not sure. I don't know. It's, it's you know, I mean, we're just so far off script with this. It's hard to have any idea where they're going to go with it. But it, it is, I don't know, it's interesting. So anybody have anything else to say about Dorne before I move on to a completely different place? Or anybody want to go? I really that? like the parallel between what... Duran says and what Oberyn said last season uh, Duran says we don't mutilate little girls for vengeance and Oberyn said to Cersei we don't hurt little girls in Dorne I oh, thought that yeah. was a really neat yeah. uh, callback to that yeah. I'm well, and it's, with that. it's a nice a nice way to distinguish themselves from like say Tywin sorry comma but you know no no yeah. he's an <laughs> asshole I know this and yeah. he's a murderer yes yeah. he is yeah, yeah. 
Okay, so moving on across the world, of course, to Maureen. And we're going to spend a lot of time in Maureen, actually, this episode. Um, and <laughs> we cut in on Grey Worm and Dario, like, walking down an alleyway, chatting about security measures and everything. And all of a sudden, they're, like, busting into this house. And I love how they're just are constantly having these dick measuring contests. And I don't care that Grey Worm doesn't have a dick. <laughs> <laughs> like metaphorical dick yeah it's totally <laughs> metaphorical dick measuring constantly going on between these two and i kind of like that they're continuing it because they've been doing this for a while um and we have this thing of <laughs> dario somehow stabbing someone in the wall and i have no idea how he knows this person is in the wall to stab them and make them fall out i mean like i don't see any visible signs that you would see someone was in the wall but anyway um they find one of the sons of the harpy and basically find uh one of the Sons of the Harpy masks. Yeah. Um, and take it back to Daenerys and her small council. Now, I find her small council interesting. Um, the small council basically consists of Barristan, um, Hisdar, Dario, and then we have uh, Masador, who um, seems to be just a, a slave, an ex-slave, I should say, leader. He yeah. was one of the first slaves, or the first slave, to kind of turn and, and join Grey Worm when Grey Worm went in to start the insurrection in Marine. And then we see Miss Sandy sitting at the table, but I don't think she has a single line of dialogue this whole episode. No, she doesn't right. say anything. No. Yeah, which is interesting. All the guys talk, <laughs> but not Miss Sandy. Um, and so basically, they're talking about this Sons of the Harpy insurrection that's going on, and. Um, it goes as poorly as you would think it would between Masador, who clearly represents the ex-slaves, and Hisdar, who represents the ex-masters. But it's funny, when when Danny clears the room, Barristan stays behind and has this talk with her that I think we all wish he'd really, frankly, had with her in the books yeah, um, about yeah. Eris. Yeah. I thought it was pretty good. I, I thought, thought it was awesome. Yeah. Didn't, like, Barristan try to talk to her about s- certain yeah. things, and she yeah. kind of just brushed it off and was like oh dario i need to go see dario i think see you later like it starts like she's got the books about westeros but she never really you know she pages through them they're all those it's sort of like a almost like a soap in which you know someone keeps coming in and trying to tell her something and things keep coming up Mm -hmm. um i like how they're putting in they seem to be putting in a lot of backstory this season which is awesome which i i really wish they had done all along but they're making up for it now yeah. Hey, Ashara, yeah. I saw you breaking in. You want, what were you saying? Yeah, I was just saying that the, the brushing off, that's kind of what she does here, because he tells her that her father did all these awful things, and she's just like, oh, I'm not my father. And, like, that's it. Like, you know, come on. That's not I know. Yeah. an appropriate reaction. And yeah. I'm sure like, Barristan is probably like, well... About how that will affect her if and when she gets to Westeros. Because people are not going to be that happy to see her. And I don't think she she's ever thought of that. Yeah, I I agree. I definitely don't feel like she was taking it to heart, maybe, in the way that you'd wish she would. I just was so happy that Barristan actually got it all out. <laughs> yeah, that, that's how, what, how I felt. <laughs> yeah, good. Finally say it. Get it Get it out there. Get it out in the in the ether for her to, to digest, maybe, I guess. I think it's a truth she's not ready or willing to accept she's at odds with her self image and her the way she looks at her own narrative if you will and i you know it doesn't fit for her you know there you know she 
I don't think she actually refers to anyone as the usurper so far in the season, but that sense of, you know, injustice and I was this and that. And I think she's got her own backstory in her head. And if it doesn't fit, she's not really ready to listen to it. Yeah, I agree. And I think they have portrayed some of that on the show. I mean, I think she seems more reasonable, I think, to me on the show than she does in the books. But yeah, definitely. I know it's interesting. It's so funny how much more I'm enjoying Danny's story on the show than I do in the books. I mean, it's still not my favorite, but I do think they've done pretty well. Okay, so we jump from this to what I have to tell you guys, my husband just said, (laughs) it's like, Tyrion is the most boring thing about this season. And I was like, okay, well, I'm finding it hard to agree as we hit him just stuck in a carriage with Varys in this scene. Um, and it's a scene that really doesn't do much but remind you that Tyrion exists and that he's on his way to Volantis, I guess. <laughs> yeah. He strikes me as I would never, ever want to be in a, a car with this man on a road trip. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, just an absolute <laughs> jerk. And I would just want to, like, you know, leave him at a rest stop and never, I don't know. You can, tell, they, you can tell that Varys is so over it. What's the joke that he makes? Tyrion's like, there's a bug in my wine. And, and Varys is like, God forbid you get some actual, like, solid food down. <laughs> yeah. I really wish they had... You know what? I think this is, this is one of the things... <laughs> All right. Okay. Snowball, stop flying in Dorn. as for a moment I go back to being critical. I think if they had, in the previous season... Given him and Jamie that moment where Jamie, you know, tells him basically, you know, Taisha wasn't a whore. They didn't want to go there because it was too dark and they didn't want to complicate him as a character. I think if they had done that, it would be, I think it would have worked better. I mean, because right now I'm just like, okay, yeah, you know, I know he killed Shay. I know he killed his father, but he just seems like this alcoholic idiot and I just want to hit him. Yeah, I, you know, I do <laughs> agree with you. Believable. Yeah, well, I, I, I feel so- like, yeah, I feel like they are hitting a book note, though, with him. I feel like this is book despondent, kind of bitter, angry Tyrion. And it, it is interesting that he doesn't have all the same book motivation. But I don't know. I think if they'd given him that motivation, though, it would have it would have made him a little it would have made it a little easier for me to be sympathetic right now. What were you saying, Ashara? I'm sorry, did I cut you off? No, no, it's just that, yeah, he doesn't feel believable in his, I don't know, grief, guilt. I don't know. It's like, you're guilty about killing Shay. You shouldn't have killed her. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little, I don't know, it's fun. It's funny. Like, you get it. You, you totally get where it's coming from. Like, I think it, I think it is motivated within the show, but I, I don't know if it's just that, it's funny. How could it be tedious after two episodes? I don't even know, but it already it, is. It may also be that, Dinklage is playing it very broadly and it's he's not it we've had this discussion before if he's not Uh, believing it he doesn't sell it It, it's oh you know you might be right maybe if I maybe on rewatches I'll catch that it might be one of those times when he just wasn't buying the scene yeah it's so funny how he he's great unless he doesn't like the dialogue and then he just seems to kind of check out to like phone it in or whatever yeah, so, of course, we cut from Tyrion saying, you know, uh, basically that, you know, he's, he's like, making light of, of how much in danger he is from Cersei to we cut to a scene where someone is plunking a 
person with a chondroplasia's head right down on a table in front of Cersei and Kyburn, of course, because they have, I, and I gotta say, I'm surprised, kept the book storyline of Cersei basically putting out a, a bounty on Tyrion's head that means that every dwarf in the kingdom is gonna is die. Mortal peril. Yeah, mm-hmm. is gonna die. I think most of them probably do. It's It's horrific, really, in the books. And I'm a little surprised they kept it. I don't know about you guys. I, I was I was a little surprised to see it there. I think I they wanted Cersei has been so, I guess, toned down. Yeah. On the show that I didn't think they were gonna put it in. I yeah. think they need to like. I think they need to sell it now that she's gonna be, you know, going cray cray. Um. I mean, yeah. and they certainly did here, because the thing that, that horrified me more than the dwarf head, which was pretty bad, um, was that when um, Dr. Mengele there wanted the body part, she was like, oh, yeah, sure, oh, yeah. take it. <laughs> Just like, so, I'm sorry, um, Kyburn, you know. Kyburn. We know who you mean. We know who you yeah, mean. Yeah, we know, we know. So, so, is he going to put that head on... I don't Sir know. Robert Strong, but she was so like blasé about it. Like, <laughs> well, you guys know that that redheaded dwarf that Brienne runs into in the books, and then eventually we later see him yeah. his head at court, basically presented to yeah. Cersei. Um, there has been speculation, I think, that his head might be um, Robert Strong's head, and so I wondered if that is actually <laughs> what they're doing here. Oh God, wow! Yeah, imagine, wow. imagine, Gross. yeah. So anyway. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and cut past this. Oh, and I love how Cersei's like Cersei's like, I don't want to discourage the other hunters out there, so let's not let's not tell them to be careful to make sure they get the right person. <laughs> let's just let them keep She's like, I don't care if people. they get the wrong people as yeah. long as they finally do get him. Doesn't matter. Robert's like, just send all the hits to me. Yeah. <laughs> so then we cut to the co- small council, and I love how Kyburn's just following her in there, kind of like her lapdog or something. Um, and we have Kevin, we have Pycelle, and we have Mace Tyrell in the small council. And it's so funny that she makes Mace Tyrell um, master of coin as well, and that he just takes it as an utter compliment. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, he did last season, too, which I kind of loved. It was like, you know, you can't get yeah. this guy down. He's like, oh, sure. I'll go get the stuff. <laughs> he takes everything <laughs> as a compliment. Poor Mace. And I love, I love too, how they're playing up Pycelle um, hating Kyburn so much. That's really great. Yeah. I love how Pycelle manages to get in a dig not only at Kyburn, but also at Varys, who isn't even there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get to the kind of meat of the scene, which is the interplay between Cersei and Kevin. And that was um, interesting to me. Um, it's kind of hard to know for sure what Kevin's motivation is here. Um, you know, I think I, I I almost think they want you to just think that he just can't accept a woman in this role. I don't know what 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 read did you guys have on it? I didn't think that was the issue. I thought I wish they had I wish they had had that bit last episode where you know he kind of gets the dig in. Yeah, like that he knows mm-hmm. about the incest, mm-hmm. but, um, or, you know, now believes it or whatever. But I thought Ian Gelder did a really good job. You know, he didn't approve of her being the hand, I think was more the problem. And I, I got the impression it was because, as he said, she stacked the table with a bunch of syncopants who are going to yeah. do whatever she wants them to do. He wanted 
uh, Tommen there. And since, of course, they have cast Tommen now to be, you know, of age, Mm -hmm. there's no Mm -hmm. reason why he shouldn't be there. And maybe, like, the thought that, you know, she kind of ruined Joffrey. I mean, I know she didn't because if you're born that way. But, I mean, he might think that. I I I didn't feel it. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I also think Kevin was... He he had a very close relationship to Tywin, and I feel yeah. as if he sees Cersei ruining everything that Tywin has built up to this point. Like he can see her ruining and undoing all of of the well, you know, the power grabbing that they've been doing, and he's just not having it. He's not happy about it. I think he's trying to pres- preserve it in Tywin's memory, and it's yeah, it's. I, I, could get, I could get that in the show, actually, because it's funny how Tywin kind of seems to sit between them. When What is it? She names him Master of War. Was that it? I can't. Yeah, it's some yeah. Yeah. kind of real title, right? But she, she gets this dig in where she goes, you're you're the you're the most qualified man living or something like that. It's a very obvious dig of, of if my dad were here, I would never want you to have this job, basically. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, it could be, it could be just the Tywin issue. I I don't know. I guess we could infer being book readers could be that, that Lancel has told him some things too, um, about what went on with Cersei and Lancel. It's hard to know. Yeah. It was, it was a little one of those things where I was just like, what is Kevin's motivation here? But I mean, the way that the scene played as a book reader, I could just infer book stuff on top of it, obviously. I, I, I could guess. The other thing is, I suppose, is that we, you know, we had, he's been missing for like, you know two seasons so who knows what if he's been well they cast a guy who kind of looked like him for the wedding of um joffrey and marjorie so Mm. you know maybe or i'm sorry Tyrion and sansa so maybe tywin's told him a few things i don't know but the only thing i had a problem with this scene honestly and i was really surprised because normally i like her acting i wasn't really feeling lena heady in this scene but really Hmm. No, like, I mean, he was, you know, he was in front of everybody. He's laying it on pretty thick and she wasn't, I don't know. I wasn't feeling it. No, I was, I kind of liked the way that she was playing it kind of smug and, and the whole, you know, she's clearly acting when she's saying that Tommen is saying these things when we all know he isn't. And I don't know. I kind of, I kind of liked it. I kind of say, it's so funny. We we heard these preseason spoilers and everybody was saying that, oh, you know, they're really whitewashing Cersei. They're not making her look incompetent. I feel like they really are making her look incompetent. Does anyone else <laughs> feel like that? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, who the hell yeah. names Mace as Master of Ships and Master yeah. of Coins? Yeah. Like, yeah. come on, dude. Well, oh, and, yeah. And I almost feel like it makes her look worse that Tommen is so much older, and yet she's still holding on to all the power. I mean, yeah. in the books, it makes sense. And clearly, they yeah. have removed her being Queen Regent on the show, and I don't know why they took that out. But, I mean, she does have the power to do this in the book. She absolutely has the power to do whatever she wants. She is the queen regent. But, you know, Tom is eight when years you... old, and you're like, well, no eight-year-old should be ruling anyway. I mean, it would make sense if right. they had yeah. a parent capable of it. The parent should be making the calls. But on the right. show, Tom looks so much older. You're like, well, isn't he old enough to be doing this himself? I mean, it, it is. Right. it almost makes her look worse that she's, she's taking over, but, essentially, to me. But I think it makes sense in the face of what she had to go through with Joffrey. Like, obviously, it's plain that Tommen is nothing like his brother, but it, it would make sense that she'd want to do the job herself. Like, I guess she thinks she can, like, if you want something done well, do it yourself. Except you know, she can't because she doesn't know what she's doing. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's definitely a lot of that. I mean, I think they did kind of capture that book thing of, of Cersei feeling like, oh, it's my turn now. It's my time. You know, Tywin's gone and she can finally actually really take the reins. I mean, I think she probably would have fully done that with with Joffrey more so if, if Tywin hadn't been in the picture. But oh, it's hard to know. I mean, not on the show, obviously, because Joffrey was so much older. But anyway, good scene. I, I liked it. I actually loved Lena in this scene. That's so funny that you didn't like her because I was like, I, I like that she, the way that she's playing it. Where it's very I, obvious I guess I wanted acting. more of a re- reaction from her when Kevin, like, just started, like, you know, laying it on pretty thickly and mm-hmm. and the accusations. And she was just sort of, like, just sort of, I, I couldn't get a read, I mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, honestly, I kind of felt a little bad for her. I guess this is a popular opinion. But I felt really bad for her because it's like once again she's being shoved aside by this guy. Before it was Robert, and then it was her dad, or and then it was Tyrion, and then it was her dad, and now Kevin is trying to shove her aside. Which was, and like, yeah, that was what I felt too. I felt it was like a misogyny. I thought I felt they were trying to play it up. It's because she's that, a woman. That's how really how I read it too. Yeah, yeah. on the show. Yeah, which you know in the books is not really the case. I don't think. I think it's just you no. Know, Everybody knows she just is the last person who should be making any of these calls. Of course. <laughs> okay. It, it, yeah, I guess. So moving on from here, we move to the wall. And um, wow, I know you guys talked about this last week, but oh my gosh. Everything that is happening at the wall this season is amazing to me. So Brilliant. Far. Yeah. Um, so we cut in on Shireen teaching Gilly how to read. And I love everything Yay. about this scene. Yeah. So, I love so cute. Right? And I love that Shireen is like in the library of, of Castle Black, which totally fits. And that Sam is hanging out down there. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sam and Shireen in the books are second cousins. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. I always forget until oh, I look right. at the wiki and then I go, oh my God. Yeah, and you see the family trees. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, yeah, it's so funny when you see the scene with Salise. I'm like, is she going to acknowledge? And it's like, nope, she doesn't. <laughs> nope, yeah. she doesn't. But I, you know what I found most interesting about this scene is that they brought up Grayscale. Yes! Was, oh, yeah. yeah. Because, because I... The, go ahead, Calm. I was going to say, this is the first time I've ever really liked... Um, it's Hannah Murray who plays Gilly? Yes. Yeah. I love this scene so much. And the the way she talked about it and the way um carrie ingram reacted oh it was it was oh it was brilliant yeah it really it really kind of um gave you a lot of information about grayscale the fact that you know it kind of implies that the fact that shireen was a a little kid is the reason that she may have survived or at least it'll i guess open the door for that in the future um and i i just loved everything about the way that they they managed to make craster who, of course, is this guy who, like, marries his own daughters and kills his sons, <laughs> somehow seem even worse. It's like, how much worse could you yeah. make Crasser? And then, oh, let's tell this story. That's great. <laughs> well, if you rec- recall in the books with Val, whenever she sees Shireen and finds out that she had Grayscale, the Wadlings are really freaked out about Grayscale. Yeah. They say yeah. that, like, even if you've had it, it never goes away. And there's yeah. been the theory that Shireen is kind of like a typhoid Mary for Grayscale yeah. and that it can yeah. pop up again and just become, you know, well, and doesn't, contagious. Doesn't Val call Shireen dead or refer to her as a dead child or something like that? I can't remember. How unclean. 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 Child unclean. is unclean. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, Val wants to kill Shireen as 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. Which clearly is not the case. Yeah, I thought it was funny that um, a wildling wouldn't know more about grayscale. It's like, it sounds like they think it's like the absolute worst thing in the world and she would probably know, but uh-huh. it was great for exposition. Yeah. I think it was a great scene. And then, of course, we have Salise walking in, which makes it even better. Um, I loved this interplay. I mean, as much as I don't love the show relationship between Shireen and Salise, I kind of forgive it because, uh, you know, it does make for such interesting moments and and it really gives the actors a chance to shine i feel like i think it's you know she gets a she gets a lot of knocks and granted they're playing her as this crazy religious fanatic but i love the sort of preteen lippy kind of kid with the mother who's not having any of it um who's probably a bit a bit annoyed that her daughter worships her father so much when she's probably the one doing the majority of the day-to-day parenting so mm-hmm. to speak mm-hmm. um i i really like tara fitzgerald as an actress i i just wish they'd given her a little more um yeah uh, yeah she's always great yeah but so, i this is such a great section this whole part i love yeah. so much oh yeah and yeah. so it's awesome we move from this <laughs> to, to an even better scene <laughs> to john with stannis and davos and <laughs> I love everything about this scene. I mean, I know that it opens up with Stannis kind of laying into John about about Mance, but they slip right into the hate mail. Stannis is hate mail. Ten year old girl. It's so awesome. I love that they kept this in because, like, this is one of the best moments in the books. And it's so funny though that they call Liana the Lady of Bear Island. I don't know if they've completely eliminated all of her older sisters or what I but think so i love this clearly handwritten by a child note that <laughs> john sits there and reads and, and, and stannis I mean, is so pissed yeah i didn't get time to look it up but i think this is word for word from the book yeah. isn't it bear, bear island knows no king but the king in the north whose name the is, name Star- is Star- it looks like it was written in crayon yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, didn't it have like a little bear claw or something? It does. It has the bear seal on it. (laughs) And then, of course, John can't help but smile. And it's so funny to see John smile. It's kind of hilarious. Actually, both John and Stannis kind of smile in this scene, which is creepy and funny at the same time. (laughs) I ship it, guys. (laughs) (laughs) And then we cut to another great moment from the books that I think they really captured well. And that is that Stannis offers John Winterfell, offers to legitimize him and give him everything that he's ever wanted, basically. And I thought this was just a brilliantly done scene. I mean, you could tell that John did not see it coming somehow, and it was really, really good. And I thought Kit was really good in this scene, too. Mm-hmm. I know he get, gets a lot of knocks, but I thought it was amazing. And so then we cut from there. I mean, this is such an action-packed moment. <laughs> <laughs> to um, the mess hall of the of Castle Black, where John is telling Sam about what just happened, and you see this look on Sam's face. Oh, and we didn't talk about this. In the library, Sam is looking up who the youngest um, Lord Commander of the oh, Night's yeah. Watch has ever been. Yeah. Um, and so then we get to this moment where Sam's kind of making a face when John's telling him this, and he's like, are you sure you don't want to be the Lord of Winterfell? And John's like, no. Um, and then we cut straight into the Lord Commander election, which was, I thought, a pretty damn good scene. I really liked mm-hmm. the way that they did it. I mean, like, there's a lot of exposition here, and, like, they're making this accessible for show viewers, and yet I didn't even think about the logistics of it or anything. I was just watching it riveted. Um, I thought, oh, the thing with <laughs> Janice Slint 
uh, championing Alistair Thorne was just perfect. Everything about it. Um, and then, of course, well, there's, who was it? Dennis, Dennis Malister? Was that the name of the Dennis other Dennis Malister. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, as Maester Aemon is calling for the vote between these two, between Alistair Thorne and Dennis Malister, Sam just can't keep his mouth shut and he speaks up and he starts going on about John. I mean, I get the feeling John had no clue that this was coming. Oh, no, I don't think so either. I think it was. And he's so embarrassed, too. Yeah, yeah. It was great. Oh, yeah, it was perfect. And I love how John just laid into Janice Slint. Like, that was amazing. Um, what was it he said about him that he'd he'd hidden he'd hidden with the women and children during the battle and that yeah, in the larder. In the larder. and then he found him in a puddle of his own making. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was perfect. And so then we get to the vote, and of course Maester Amon casts the deciding vote as John. Um, I gotta say, I was a little I was a little interested to see how they were gonna pull this off so quickly, but I felt like this all felt logical, and I think it was yeah. great. I think they handled it yeah. amazingly well. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna call it now. They kept shooting um, bits of that kid, the kid who killed uh, Ollie? Ollie. Yes, I think it's the Ollie. kid who killed Ygritte, um last season. Um, they they shot significant like reaction shots of him whenever they were talking about John being friendly with the wildlings, and I know John takes him under his wing. I'm I'm guessing. Oh, but I'm calling it now. I think he's gonna. I'm gonna spoil. I was it. thinking the same thing. Yeah, or, I was thinking uh, the same the thing. Yes. <laughs> when John uh, has his uh, Julius Caesar moment, um, I think Ollie's gonna be one of the people stabbing him. Oh, it's little kid! Damn, damn so? you, potato boy! I'm gonna... again, he's not that little, and I think he's or he's gonna be dragon somehow. <laughs> you heard it. I keep thinking of Ollie as like a, a satin stand-in. I guess so I was I thinking, thinking that too, but but I mean they. They gave him that backstory of the wildlings, you know, massacring his village, and he's the only one left alive. And they only left him alive to torture him, to leave him with the memories to share. I mean, that's pretty effed up. And the fact that they kept on showing his reaction shot kind of made me think that they're not, they haven't forgotten that. And that's, you know, that would be a nice little bit of irony. Oh man! So just like Eon called that he was going to be the one to kill Ygritte, I'm calling he's going to be one of the people who's going to be stabbing somebody in the eyes. I of agree. March. This just got way more painful for me. Oh, I Sorry. really like Ollie. I think Sorry. he's a great show yeah. invention. No, I it's, could it's, be wrong. it would I'm make just... sense. It would make sense actually. Damn it! Damn it! It's always people I like. <laughs> okay, so we leave our lengthy wall um, scenes to move back to Bravos with Arya. And I love this callback to her um, initial time on her own in King's Landing. They have her killing um, a pigeon. Yeah. Um, decapitating pigeons, I should say. And it's a, it's a great callback because it shows how much more adept she is at, at killing things and taking care of herself. Um, and then we have these street tough, toughs coming up after her <laughs> and trying to take her sword. And I felt like she was totally channeling Sander. Did you guys feel yeah. like that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like she was, I feel like Maisie was literally channeling, like, Rory. Like, I feel like there was some Rory delivery in this, like, just back away. Don't, don't even try me. Um, and you kind of get the feeling that she could have handled it on her own. But, of course, the kindly man shows up and, and I guess she just follows him back to the house of black and white again. And he gives her back this coin that she threw into the water. Um, 
which is interesting. And uh, then he changes his face to be Hot Jock and Hagar. Yes, I think what we've all been waiting Jesus for. Dawkins. That sexy beast of a man. He's God, I wish I hadn't Jesus been spoiled Dawkins. for this. Yeah, he, oh my gosh, he looks like White Jesus. Oh my God, he totally does. <laughs> he even like. And with he, the robe, and then he's yeah, got, he's opening the door, and he's got he the robe. He has sandals on. Like, like he's crucified. Totally That's know. exactly the message that YD left for me. She's like, White Jesus jocking, and he like opens his arm and shows her it. <laughs> every grandma's Welcomes art on the wall. The <laughs> White Jesus. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, it was a great scene. I wish I hadn't been spoiled for Jockin coming back. I would have loved it if I hadn't known that he yeah. had been spotted. Oh, God, that would have been awesome. Uh, so then, from there, of course, we have to go back to depressing Maureen. Oh, God. So, uh, our little buddy, Masador, <laughs> goes and decides to kill this harpy that um, Grey Worm and Dario had found, um, who was a prisoner of, of Danny's. And they leave him out on the street with his mask back on and this message written in blood on the wall next to him saying, kill the masters, which is kind of a callback to the original revolution. Yeah. And of course this just unleashes basically a, an entire shitstorm. Um, there's no other way to put it because Danny sentences Mossador to death. And it's hard to know for sure. I mean, like, I think, you know, with inferring from the books, but on the show, it's like, I guess Danny's just trying to enforce justice. I don't know. I got a weird feeling like she was actually really enraged with Masador. I don't know. It was, I it was weird. So. I mean, I think she had, had it in her head. She was going to give him the guy that got killed a fair trial. And she had, and I can understand. I mean, it's a, She's got all these different factions. Everybody wants something. Nobody quite trusts anybody in terms of like, you know, the mass, the former masters, the wealthy don't trust the the freed slaves. The freed slaves don't trust the masters. And I mean, this guy just fucked that up, but good. But yeah, then, I so I think that's there. And yes, I think she does think that she's trying to be justice, but I, I don't know. And I don't know what she could have done that would have made this better, honestly. Yeah, I mean, no. killing the guy or killing Masador behind closed doors, I don't think would have solved anything. And I think people would have, and if she'd freed him, the former or the wealthy families would have had fits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the answer would have been. I don't know. I, it, it did kind of make sense when his daughter, they, they go outside to the, the kind of dais or whatever, where she's going to do the, the execution and, and and his dar's like if we'd done this inside we should have done this inside which i was like well maybe that would have helped but it's it's hard to know i mean there's so much commentary i have to really commend the show there's so much commentary in what goes on in marine on like western imperialism from george yeah. and and i kind yeah. of feel like the the showrunners and the writers did a really good job of kind of capturing some of that this kind of thing of you can't think you can just wade into someone else's culture and just yeah, right, kind of exactly. impose your own values and think yeah. that, that things are just going to go exactly the way that you want them to and that everyone is going to embrace your values because you think they're great. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's right. not the way that it works. Well, and I, I really have... loved how they played with, because one of my objections to previous scenes, like I can't remember which was the season where it ended with her being body surfed with the crowd, which I was just mm-hmm. like, you know, it was so tropey and so 1930s white goddess mm-hmm. comes in and saves the poor oppressed mm-hmm. brown people. It drove me crazy. Mm-hmm. But I loved here how, you know, she's got that, that sense of spectacle in the Misa Misa, but the moment she d- 
does that execution, it just, it all turns on her. Yeah. Yeah. And you genuinely get the feeling she doesn't realize it's all going to turn. Yeah. Oh, no. I think, yeah, that was a total, seemed like a surprise. Yeah. She was very naive. Yeah. 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 And it does turn because, of course, the crowd, uh, what is it? One of the ex-slaves throws a rock at one of the ex-masters and it just devolves from there into, like, basically a riot. A riot. And then we get the unsullied Pope mobile for Danny. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Exactly what it is. I love how they have this whole shield wall ready to go that they just kind of throw her behind (laughs) to escort her back into the pyramid. And, um, of course, she seems shaken. um, And... uh, for some reason, wants to be alone. So she orders everybody out of the top of the pyramid. I have to say, they had the shot of the top of the pyramid, and you saw just how big the damn thing was, and I was like, is she every day climbing up and down this thing to the yeah. pinnacle of this pyramid? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, kind of insane. Stairmaster right there. It's totally <laughs> Stairmaster, but like, how much time would that take? I mean, like, even at, even at a pretty brisk trot, that would take a long time. But um, she goes out on her balcony, and of course, who does she find there but Drogon, who's been missing since uh, last season. Um, and I thought this was a pretty damn good scene. I was this was the first time this episode that um, Emilia interfered <laughs> with my enjoyments, enjoyment of something. I she, she, I don't know. I I didn't. I don't know. It was kind of hard for me to understand i guess what what her emotions were i mean like clearly she was happy to see drogon but i, I don't know if she was also supposed to be afraid i wasn't really sure what was going on yeah i don't know you guys i think she looked happy to me i mean you hear like drogon he's making like these little purring noises and she's about to touch yeah. him and everything i mean i thought oh, yeah. it was a really pretty it was a beautiful scene i thought she was like Oh, at least Drogon still loves me. <laughs> yeah. And then Drogon's like, nope. <laughs> Even though he's probably out there killing children and other people. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we kind of say he got so much bigger, too. Yeah. yeah. And you got a sense last episode with the other two dragons, but you, you I don't know. It seemed kind of more clear with Drogon how much bigger he was. And yeah. Well, he's not caged, either. They, they, the whole thing in the books is that they'll, they're like... Like koi, they'll grow to the size. Of right, right. She's stunting. She's stunting Viserion and Rhaegal by locking them up, basically. But yeah, I, I, I thought, I thought everything about what they did with Drogon was spectacular. Though, I mean, oh my god, the rendering and everything was just like really beautiful to me. I was really wow. I can't wait to see where this goes from here, since I have a feeling that we're going to see more Drogon this season. <laughs> I really want to know if they're going to even like show um, Viseron and Rhaegal if they're nesting in like you know their little contained area. Oh, weren't they nesting in a dance with dragons? They were making burrows and everything. Yeah, underneath the pyramids. Yes, they were. I wonder if they're going to show that in the series. I don't know. That would be a lot of CGI. I mean, you know, they they have the budget now. (laughs) They had a lot of time being locked up. (laughs) <laughs> they had to do something yeah they did <laughs> gotta do something with, when you're doing your time so, so this was All another episode frustration. yeah so this was another episode completely finished and amazing like I don't know about you guys but I am pretty excited to see where we go from here I mean pretty much mm-hmm. everything but Jamie's characterization has got me excited I don't know about you guys I'm hoping that 
once Jamie is away from King's Landing that it'll be a little more of a normal characterization. I don't know. But so far, I I am so happy. God, I can't believe I am saying this. I'm so happy with the show right now. Me too. And I didn't expect to be at all. I'm shocked. No one's more shocked than I am that I am enjoying this, but I am. Really? Because I'm disappointed by Dorn, but the um, wall is kind of making it up for me. And also uh, the Brienne and Pod, their little adventure to try and help Sansa is also making it up for me. Yeah, I'm so happy with what they're doing with Brandon Pod. I, I mean, like, I really feel like they're giving her some actual story, which is great. Yeah. It's really good. So, okay, this week, did we have any thank yous, Eon? Did I we do. talk to you about we this? Have, okay, good. We have, okay, we have a couple. We do have an Anon message. It says, I wanted to say how impressed I was with Wonkins. I would love to hear him come back, or if any of your spouses would be willing again. I love that he was able to hold his own and offer just slightly different views and perspectives. He was personable and clear-spoken. By the way, congratulations on the 50,000 listeners. I'm glad you are doing so well, and it's such an achievement. You should be very proud. Yay. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Watkins was great last week. You guys yeah. had a great episode with him. Yeah. All right. We have two two more from um, iTunes. Yeah. For- First one's from Doc Somali. It says, best Song of Ice and Fire by far. I love, love, love these ladies in this podcast. They are witty, hilarious, and insightful. If you're a fan of Jamie and Brienne, this is going to be like finding your home. Even if you aren't a fan of these two characters, what's wrong with you? This podcast (laughs) is still great. (laughs) This podcast is still great because of all of the intelligent and well-thought-out commentary. There's even beautiful emotional moments and fangasms. Really, what more could you ask for? Came for the Jamie and Brienne discussions. Stayed for the horse metaphors. Gendry Gendry rowing and Tywin as king discussions. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Doxa. That's awesome. Thanks, Doxa. Our last one is um, from ABBA1949. And it says, this is a... This is an ex- an exceptionally good podcast. Fans of the books and the TV series who haven't subscribed to Close the Door and Come Here are missing something special. Oh, that's awesome. I love it when Abba updates her reviews, which she does every once in a while on <laughs> iTunes, and it's always so much fun. Thank you, Abba. Thanks, Abba. Yeah. Well, that's it. So, as, as usual, you can find us at closethedoorandcomehere.tumblr.com. Um, we are on uh, Twitter at... I love how I can never quite remember our Twitter handle. It's, it's at DoorCast. Door <laughs> yeah, it's at DoorPodcast. And that is not Backdoor Podcast. Not Backdoor. DoorPodcast. <laughs> um, and you can always email us, too at close the door and at gmail.com and we do love those itunes reviews guys that that does help people find us and um if you want to write into us on tumblr send us some anonymous messages like we got one this week we do love those too 
Um, I want to thank my guest, Ashara, who was an awesome first time guest. And we got to give a special shout out this week to Dramas, who stepped in with like, I think, three days notice, which was really amazing. Thank you for doing that, dude, especially with yeah, these fast thanks. turnaround episodes that we're trying oh, to do. Oh, you're so welcome. Awesome. It's always fun. It's always fun to do this podcast. Yeah, it was a fun yeah, one. It was really fun. I had a great time. Awesome. Well, we got to get you guys back on here again. Yep. Come, back. <laughs> Come back. Come <laughs> back. All right. Good night, everybody. Night. Good night. Good night. Bye. Bye.